What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to NerdWide Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my favorite co-host, Chris. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to NerdWide Podcast. This is episode 24. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my favorite co-host, Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, listen, we've got a lot to talk about this week, and I'm really excited to talk about two of the things that uh, we have reviewed and watched over this past week. Uh, but besides all of that, how are you? How have things been? How's work? Uh, pretty good. I took Thursday off. Uh, it was the NFL draft. Of course, National Holiday. So, how are you feeling uh, with the I, Titans pick? Picks. Uh, really good about the first two. Yeah. Uh, the guys further down the board, I don't know as much about, so hard to say. But we. I know Steelers, we got Najee Harris first round, which I was not expecting to get him at the 24th pick or 20, yeah, 24th pick. Uh, I thought he would have gone a lot sooner. And then we got a center. We got our punter for our last one. I think an offensive lineman. I think that might be it. We might have gotten a wide receiver. No, I don't think we got a wide receiver, but still no quarterback, huh? No, well, we, we re-signed Duck for another year as well with Ben. And you do have Dwayne Hoskins. And Dwayne Hoskins, yeah. H- Haskins. And we've got um, – um, ah. we signed Josh Dobbs as well for another year. So, I mean, we've got like four quarterbacks. <laughs> not, not a big deal, though. <laughs> Just in case Ben goes down. But anyways, that's not what you guys are here for. We've got so many things to talk about, including the Invincible finale. Uh, we're going to talk about and review Back to the Future 3, which has been a while since we've watched the second one. We've got to watch the third one. And we're going to talk about the PlayStation 5 earnings report so far. But first, this is a NerdWide podcast. We review TV, movies, games. We talk about the news and everything that comes with all of that. Of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You're right here with if you're watching us live, subscribe to us. Like us if you like it. Uh, if you dislike us, don't hit that down vote. No, we don't like that. Go down to the comments. Let us know what you didn't like and what we could do better about the show. Even if you didn't like it, let us know something we could do more for you if you like it or not. Um, if you want to go that extra mile, go to patreon.com slash nerdwide to give us a couple bucks that way. It comes with a couple incentives as well that way. Uh, and then we also did a poll question on our Twitter. We talked about last week with a lot of our TV shows coming to an end. We want to fill up some content. We gave a couple of options there. But with three votes, we came in with a show and tell section where we show off something from our collection or something we enjoy collecting as a whole. Uh, I'm really excited about that one. That's actually going to be a lot of fun to uh yeah to talk about i've already got stuff going in my head what i want to go through and talk about um but yeah that was it but let's listen let's get right into it let's get the, we're done with the housekeeping we've checked in on each other seen how things have been let's get into one of our topics here tv of course uh i want to say i've watched shadow and bone i'm finished it i actually so the last time we recorded there's eight episodes i thought there were six I watched four episodes in maybe two days and finished that show off. I am really, 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 really excited and wanting more of it. I'm going to be buying the the books here soon, if not this week, if not tonight, if not tomorrow. But I really enjoyed it. I um, it, oh, The ending was really good, left it open for more. We've got a news... Um, story to talk about here in a minute about shadow and bone season two 
But I, I recommend that for everybody. That was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot, of, couple of twists in there I did not see, but and I just want more of it. Have you had a chance to watch it yet? No, not yet. Mm. No, this was uh, <clears throat> very much a week of getting caught up on Invincible, watching Back to the Future, well, rewatching Back to the Future three, and then uh, the draft. So. Oh. I'm t- uh, I can't wait to get into to Invincible and uh, Back to the Future 3. I'm curious to see what you think about it because I've got some thoughts on both of them. But before we get into the Invincible uh, season finale, review of the season, uh, have you watched anything else other than the, all of that? Mm-mm. Awesome. So, Chris, let's get, let's just type, like put that little spoilers tag up and let's talk about how phenomenal Episode 8, the season finale of Invincible was holy crap this is one of the the better tv shows i have seen in a long time and i don't know what it is about robert kirkman and how he writes uh you know comics and everything but this show did not let off the gas from the very beginning and it was it was heart-wrenching uh especially at the beginning and at the end there was so much blood and death and then the, the whole um high school of it all I mean, you, you start off with uh, Mark, you know, hitting his dad saying, you know, what's wrong with you? Where's my dad? What's going on? What's taking over you? And it's, the, the, it wasn't. Like, and we found out that Omni-Man was sent here to conquer the planet, not uh, not be our, a classic Superman and to save us. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and the, the, the baseball scene with, with him and his dad, um, and just being happy and then bringing it back to the very first episode of him throwing baseball with each other it puts a whole lot more meaning to it. Oh, man, that just, I think I, I want to watch it, the series from front to back all over again because just episode eight was, was so beautifully well done. And the fact that Robert Kirkman has said, I mean, he even said on a kind of funny podcast when he did a, you know, he was talking to them that there's still a live action movie in the works. And on top of this, and I'm just like, I just want more. And yeah. we're going to have to wait a while uh, between more stuff, more news to talk about Invincible at the end of the show, at the end of the topic. But, oh, God, what a what an episode. So how was your journey catching back up? Because I think you had episode seven and eight to watch over this past week. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of came in. I'm trying to think. I left off. Episode six ends with the argument mm-hmm. between this, Debbie uh, and uh, his dad. Yeah, and uh, so episode seven picked up where that was that was still going, and she basically tells him to get out of her house. Yeah, and so in classic Omni Man fashion, he just flies out through He's the roof. Straight out through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Big old hole. Right. <laughs> All right, way to be a dick. Uh, I what I loved about that episode was Cecil and the that agency he works for threw literally everything in Omni Man, and yeah. then some with um oh, I forget the hero's name that they brought back to life twice um, now um, immortal immortal and just <laughs> none of it was enough like didn't even leave a scratch on him or anything right oh he killed him again <laughs> ripped him straight in half. <laughs> And that's that's oh. one thing about this series is uh, the traditional comic series. They 
they kind of stick to the comic roots of not getting too bloody, mm-hmm. too violent. Like this just throws that out the window. Uh, I mean, and I think ripping. that's what makes it work. Wow. And like, it, it's not just a, it's not gory and bloody just to be that. It it all pertains to the story, and it, and mm-hmm. it makes it feel more real to me. Like there's consequences to every, like the the alien invasion. I think in episode three. Of right. like when everyone's just getting mowed down in the city, like it, it, it felt real. It didn't feel like it was holding any punches. Well, the subway scene mm. in episode eight. Oh, like it, I was sitting there. I was like, he, you know, that's not going to hurt Mark or kill him. No, it was showing Omni Man using him as a weapon, and uh-huh. he's sitting there trying to stop, but he's just blowing past. Oh, God, it was brutal. And, and the one that got me was the, the skyscraper. Where he's trying oh. to save the mom and the kid, and he, yeah. I knew it wasn't going to end well. But when the building actually falls, and he still has the arm, I was like, "There's no way she lived," and it's just the arm. Yeah. And oh, it was so and, brutal. For all you know, because they don't really show it, um, she was probably still attached under yeah. the rubble. But when he stood up, it just ripped it down. Oh. Just, I feel like the animation for this episode was a lot better than the rest of the series, which I mean, the whole series was great, but I felt like especially the Chicago scene and then the, um, them fighting in the, on the mountain was like, I just felt like the animation was, was very well done. And then Steven Yoon, I I swear every time he's in anything, uh, he was, you know, uh, Keith and uh, Voltron. He his performance on, on everything, voice acting, acting, whatever it is, he brings it to another level. And I feel like if you if you have him on your team, that show or um, product is going to be so much better. Because but he did a great performance in Voltron, and then his performance at the end of this one on the mountain, you know, uh, Omni Man says, you know, Mark, you know, when you're 100, 200 years from now what are you going to have? And he's bloodied. He's his jaws broken. His face is busted. And he said, I'll have you dad. And I was like, Oh, and then, you know, Omni Man just flies straight up or whatever. But, Oh, that was so good. What an episode. Like I just, the whole thing start to finish. I, I was just mind blown the whole time. And even the, the, the white room of Cecil, like, um, you know, they said, you know, we've been essentially poisoning the water since the beginning and uh-huh. humans can't see on this wavelength unless we want them to. And he's got a whole secret lab just in a white room. So yeah. What a, what a show. They they do need to quit dancing around it, though. Go ahead and get Mark and Eve together. Yeah, that's. You know I don't like this Amber girl. She's no. known the whole time that he's uh, invincible, but she's still acting this way. Get, yeah. Get around. We, we need uh, Karen Gillan and, and Steven Yeun. <laughs> and then she shows up at the end like... Oh, I'm so worried about yeah, you. Yeah, no, I was worried about you. No, you weren't. <laughs> no. I can't wait to see the ramifications of and see what the U.S. government does for Invincible. Because, I mean, hundreds upon thousands of people died throughout this whole episode just between the fight of these two. I'm very mm. curious to see if they say anything because I, I thought they were going to when the reporter was talking about Chicago and how how many people have died or still are still missing. I really thought that's what they were going to talk about, but I think that's going to be a, uh, a season two thing, but they're still embracing the new guardians. So, right. Which they I don't, don't, they don't seem that strong co- to me compared to the last guardians. I really don't. That's just, no. just me. <laughs> but... and, and, and the reveal of what robot was up to 
Mm-hmm. You know, that made sense. Creating uh, uh, himself, which I thought that was very well done, too. What's, uh, what's the new character? Is it Ren? What's the... Which one? Uh, his his human self? Yeah, his Rudy. human self. Rudy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the cloned version of um, the other guy. <laughs> so, which is... Yeah, what's... Uh... I can I cannot remember his name, but he's an asshole. Yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> it has been. I love the guy that plays him, uh, Jason Manzukas. He plays Rex. Rex, yeah, uh, Rex. Oh, such a good cast. I mean, just from top to bottom. And I know we talked about it I, at before, like uh, when we started making this show, we were talking about invincible ca- uh, casting and things like that. I did not expect this show to to grasp me and be as good as it was like i and i even put out on twitter uh, i said hey i want to read the comics but i don't want to read past where we are on the show because i don't want to be spoiled of anything uh-huh. and the, the consensus i got was get volume one two and three but do not read anything past three because that's when it is that's where we apparently are i know that the robot storyline happens much later in the comics than what it is now. But everyone that read the comics knew that the the big reveal of the dad was why he was originally sitting here. Uh, but did you know uh, Zachary Quinto played robot? Have we talked about that? From Heroes? We didn't talk about it, but I, I recognized his voice right off the bat. Oh, and then Carrie Payton, who usually plays Cyborg, and he's also uh, Ezekiel in Walking Dead with the tiger. He played... Uh, uh, Black Samson. Uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, Mark Hamill was in three episodes. Um, I mean, there's tons of people. Walton Goggins was Cecil. Loved that casting. I mean, just and J.K. Simmons. I mean, we talked about Mark's uh, Stephen Yeun's performance. J. What a delight that we got J.K. Simmons as Omni Man right. for eight episodes, and he he did a great job as well. And he's not someone I would see as a a voice actor. God, I could talk about the show all night. We gotta keep going. We gotta keep going. <laughs> um, Invincible season one. What's your grade for it? I'm gonna say uh, for me an A minus. Oh, I'm at a uh, at A plus because I just I'm still I want to go back and rewatch it, the show, and that says a lot because if I want to instantly be done with something and want to go back and rewatch it, that just says right. a lot to me. All right, scroller stays off. Let's get to it. Number one, casting is underway for Percy Jackson in the upcoming Percy Jackson Disney Plus series. We're going to Deadline.com for this one by Alexandra Del Rosario. The search for the ideal teenage demigod has begun as Rick Riordan unveiled a preliminary casting call for the upcoming Percy Jackson series at Disney Plus. On Wednesday, Riordan shared a blog on his official website noting that casting for the series is, quote, now in its earliest stage. The young adult novel author shared that he would work with a streaming service to, for a TV adaptation back in May 2020. Reordered Percy the Jackson in the Olympians book series centered around 12-year-old Percy Jackson, who discovers he is a son of the Greek god of water, Poseidon. So that's exciting that we're getting um, closer to, to starting to film. But he did say in his blog that uh, Reordered unveiled a number of details for the title of the role, including that the actor should be able to play 12. And that there is no specific ethnicity for who can play Percy Jackson himself. So it sounds like he does not care what you, 
um, look like can, as long as you can act and as long as you look 12. 12. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> 12 minutes? I can, I can act 12. <laughs> That's, I'm excited. Like this is something I'm keeping my eye on because I, I love the book series. I've actually, uh, back here on the shelf, if you're watching, it's right, it's right w- somewhere in there, yeah, somewhere um, there. is the first book. And all of them are great, even the ones that came after it. Um, number two, Ironheart Disney Plus series names Chinaka Hodge as head writer. Series will have six episodes, and the writer's room opens officially in May. We're going back to Variety.com for this one by Joe Otterson. The Ironheart series at Disney Plus has tapped Chinaka Hodge to serve as head writer. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. Ironheart will start Dominique Thorne as Marvel character Riri Williams, a genius inventor and the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. The show was first announced as being developed and being in development during Disney's Investor Day presentation in December. Reps for Hodge and Marvel Studios declined to comment. Of course, they this is how they do until they've got something to actually announced. Hodge is a screenwriter, poet, playwright, and educator. Her past television writing credits include the Apple reboot of Amazing Stories, as well as the TNT series adaptation of Snowpiercer, starring David Diggs. She has published two books of poetry to date for girls with hips, collected poems and writings, and dated MCs. While her plays include Chasing, I'm going to butcher this one, Mersel, M-E-H-S-E-R-L-E, Mersel, and Mirrors in Every Corner. She's also a founding member of the hip-hop collective that get back along with Diggs and others. So we've got us a writer. We have our main actress, and we've got six episodes. Boo. Well, we want more. I, I know. We want more. <laughs> At least ten. Right. Don't don't give us the six stuff like you do with Captain America and the Falcon uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But oh, give us more. And I'm really excited because if it opens and the writers' room opens in May, which means they potentially can start filming by the end of the year, and we could get that series maybe mid next year. Depends when they start filming. Yeah. But speaking of filming and new actors and writers, number three, DC's Titans as Vincent Carthiser as Dr. Jonathan Kane are going to TVLine.com is by Dave Nimitz. A Mad Men star is truly going mad this time. Vincent Carthiser, I'm hoping I'm saying that last name right, has signed on to play Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. the Scarecrow, in season three of HBO Max's Titans, the streamer announced on Wednesday. Jonathan Crane is an inmate at Arkham Asylum who used to terrorize Gotham City using toxins to exploit his enemies' phobias, per the official description. The highly anticipated casting comes as the Batman-adjacent series moves from DC Universe to HBO Max for its upcoming third season, with a premiere date still to be determined. Uh, Of course, you can watch season one and two of Titans on HBO Max already. Carthesia joins fellow season three cast editions, Savannah Welch, who will play Gotham Police Commissioner Barbara Gordon, and Jay Lycargo, I May Destroy You, who will play Tim Drake, a.k.a. the third Batman. As announced at last year's DC Fandom event, circumstances draw out draw our heroes to Gotham City in Titans Season 3, quote, where they will reunite with old friends and face new threats. Jason Todd, played by Kieran Walters, will don the Red Hood identity in his obsession to take down his old team. I did not know that last little bit. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. No, uh-uh. we that, knew he. We knew he was back, right? But he's donning the red hood. Oh, this this season is gonna be great. I hope they don't put too much 
too many things into it because now we've got Red Hood, uh, we've got Scarecrow, and we've got uh, Blackfire. They're typically uh, what, like thirteen episodes? Mm-hmm. Twelve, thirteen. See Marvel. Yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I love the fact that they're bringing Crane in. It's just I think we talked about it before when I was talking about getting uh, getting caught up on it. They're very Batman heavy. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see them bring some other folks in. I wonder if it's because they have the rights to those characters. I mean, I know there are Warner Brothers in DC, so they had the rights to all of them. It's kind of like Marvel, though, because a lot of these characters you're not seeing in the CW verse either. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or if it's because Nightwing's the main head guy. And now we're bringing yeah. Barbara and uh, Jason Todd and all these other characters. So, could be. We'll see. Um, number four, Shadow and Bone showrunner hasn't heard anything about a season two renewal. This is what uh -oh. I was teasing at a little bit earlier, and this upsets me because the show was great. Uh, we're going to TVLine.com again by Keisha Hatchett. With all eight episodes of Shadow and Bone's first season now streaming on Netflix, we've only scratched the surface of the robust fantasy story adapted by Lee Bardugo's best-selling book trilogy. The series has yet to be renewed for season two. Get on that, Netflix. I agree. But showrunner and writer Eric Heiser, Heiser, Bird Box and Arrival, says he has big plans for future seasons if given the chance. Quote, I wanted to run as long as it's welcome and give life to these characters for as long as we don't overstay that welcome. Heiser tells TV line. There's so much material that Lee has written and there are so many compelling characters. I think this flagship show could last for four seasons. And then we could figure out if there's new space to live in with any of those people or any of that part of that world we want to spend more time with. End quote. Uh, he goes on to say he has not heard anything yet from Netflix regarding renewal. <sighs> The, uh, says the streamer famously leans heavily on data from the first 30 days of release. Mm. What do you mean? To each their own. That's, I just want more, you know? Yeah. And speaking of more, Chris, I'm glad you asked. We're going to our <sighs> next story. Cobra Kai producer John Hurwitz confirms that season four has officially wrapped. I'm going directly to his Twitter for this one. Uh, he says, not wrapped yet, hashtag Cobra Kai, hashtag season four. The same exact day, later on, he says, and now we're wrapped, hashtag Cobra Kai, hashtag season four. Finally. And we already know, we talked about last week that we're supposed to be getting this show at the end of the year. And with them being wrapped, I mean, we now have, I'm still looking at a December release, if not yeah. January 1st, like we talked about. I mean, now we've got uh, all of May, June, July, August, September, October, November. I mean, we've got almost eight months of post-production, which will be plenty. I don't uh, – I haven't watched the show yet, but uh, – Oh, Chris, come on, I, man. i got to make this a I list. know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Make, make me a list. Um, did they drop their entire season at once, or did they do it week yes, to week? Yes, they dropped it at once. So what I – if I were them, it would make sense then to shoot for a Thanksgiving weekend drop. Mm -hmm. Got a holiday weekend. Gives people plenty of time to watch it. Yeah, because then you wouldn't have to compete with Disney Plus's, um the new Boba Fett show either. Right. Or any of whatever Marvel drops. Mm. God, I need that show back in my life. I love it <laughs> so, so much. 
Speaking of something else that I love, another little Tyler way I added in there. Number six, Green Lantern HBO Max series casts Finn Whitrock as Guy Gardner. Again, yep. did not yep. know this was a series. I still thought they were still doing a movie. We're going to Variety.com with Joe Otterson again. Finn Whitrock has been cast in a lead role of the upcoming Green Lantern series at HBO Max. Variety has learned. Whitrock will star as Guy Gardner, who is described as a hulking mass of masculinity and as rendered in the comics an embodiment of the 1980s hyper-patriotism. And yet, Guy is somehow likable. Whitrock is the first actor to be cast in this show. Based on the DC Comics property, the series show was first announced as being in development in 2019 in order to series last year. Okay. I don't know how I missed that. The story spans decades and galaxies beginning on Earth in 1941 with the very first Green Lantern secretly gave FBI agent Alan Scott in 1984 with a cocky alpha male gardener and half-alien Bree Jarta. They'll be joined by a multitude of other lanterns from comic book favorites to never-before-seen heroes. How did we miss that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how... So, uh, have have you seen any of his work? I have not. I'm most familiar with him from American Horror Story. Because mm. the so, picture they have on here, he doesn't look big. But, I mean, anyone could put muscle on at this point. Right. So. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to me that it looks like we're starting in 1941 and making our way to 1984 with Alan Scott and Guy Gardner, which uh, when I think of Green Lantern, I'm not thinking of – Alan Scott or Green Garner, Guy Garner. Those are my first lanterns I think of. No, I typically go Hal Jordan. Right. John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner. I mean, those are – so I don't know. Maybe they just hadn't announced them yet, but we'll see. But good. I'm glad this is going to be a series instead of a movie. I mean, I feel like you could do a movie of it, but a series gives you more time to flesh out your characters and get you the longer time. More time with them, rather. Number seven, a Secret Invasion cast Killian Scott. I'm going to comicbook.com by a guy I've never heard of called Charlie Ridgely. Huh. Uh, cool name. <laughs> add another name to the ever-expanding cast of Marvel's upcoming TV series, Secret Invasion. The Skull-centric TV project led by former S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury has been steadily adding some big names to its roster as it gears up for production. On Friday, Deadline broke the news that yet another star had joined the ranks. Killian Scott, star of Damnation, Dublin Murders, and Ripper Street, is now a part of the MCU. According to Deadline's report, Scott is in the final negotiations to join Secret Invasion in an unspecified role. To this point, the identity of every new edition of the Secret Invasion cast has been kept under wraps. The only known characters, of course, of the series are being played by Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn, who will be reprising the MCU roles of Nick Fury and Talos. Hmm. You know what's funny, though, because I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the hyperlink for that story. Yeah. And right, it says secret inv- secret dash invasion dash Marvel dash Killian dash Scott dash casting <laughs> dash scroll. <laughs> I'm going, okay. <laughs> like, it's been kept under wraps, right? Yeah. So, I mean, will he be a scroll or will he be a human or something different? We don't we don't even know anything about this show, and that's what I kind of like about it is because they're keeping everything under wraps. Um, I wonder when we'll start seeing like a trailer for it, or I mean, they're just now doing casting, so 
They've been filmed. Well, since we're through with TV news, Tyler has absolutely, no, absolutely nothing else no, to No, we've announce. got our last news story, and I am so excited. And if you did not see this video of Robert Kirkman and Stephen Yoon announcing this, I advise all of you to go to the Twitter and go to Robert Kirkman's profile and watch the video. Uh, it's maybe 25 seconds. It's beautiful and really well done. But Chris, I am officially I'm proud to say we are getting Invincible Season 2 and Season 3. And I absolutely can't wait. And I almost said something at the beginning when we were talking about Invincible. But to me, this is great news. But I just want to know how long I have to wait until season two. Because yeah. animating things take some time. And I just I, I can't wait. Like I, I feel like this is going to be like The Walking Dead, like Game of Thrones. This is going to take over the pop, the pop culture world. If it, you know, as much as it already has already, there's tons of people watching the show and loving the show. Like from huge celebrities to, I mean, to guys like us and all sorts of people. I just, everyone loves this show. And this is the one thing I am trying to tell everybody to watch. If you've got Amazon Prime, watch it. If you don't, let me know. And I could potentially, you know, give you my password and stuff so you can watch it because. The more eyes that get on it, the better off. But the fact that Amazon says, screw it, let's do season two and three, says a lot. I'm, I'm going to assume that we're looking at probably this time next year. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Um, because I feel like it was, we announced the cast, what, at the end of last year, give mm -hmm. or take. I mean, now you have to get all this cast back together. And then, to, of course, it's a lot easier now that people can do it from their own studios in their home. Because right. Because you don't have to bring them all in. You can have them all do their separate pieces. But, and it's not like the script isn't written. I mean, the comic books <laughs> are your scripts. So, right. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for it. I just, I love that show. But speaking of shows, that is way too far away. But let's get right into who's coming up this week. This is, of course, May 2nd to May 8th. Sunday, May the 2nd, we've got DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Their newest season is starting up. Tuesday, May the 4th, be with you, is going to be Star Wars The Bad Batch. Of course, that first episode is an hour long. I will be watching it. And then Friday, May 7th, is Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Uh, I believe that is Mythic Quest Season 2 that comes on Apple TV+. Yeah, I am checking out Bad Batch. I wish yeah. I would have gotten caught up on um, the show earlier, but who knows. So... That's it for TV, Chris. Awesome. That's all we got. Well, see you, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's absolutely nothing else on this show that Tyler wants to talk about. <laughs> nothing, so. not, not, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no, on on the movies. So, you know, I said early on that all I gotten to watch this week was the movie of the week. Did you watch anything else? Or? I'm halfway through Wally. That's just because kind of funny is doing a Pixar interview, and I don't. I think it's one of those movies I haven't watched from beginning to end. I think I've seen like the middle part of it and maybe a little bit of the ending. But how how do you people do this? Well, find time. No, oh. stop halfway through and then I'll come back. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't even know if it's halfway through. I think it's honestly maybe fifteen minutes in. So, I know. So it's, it's a gift. Or a curse. It depends who you ask. <laughs> it bothers me so much. You have no idea. Oh, okay. So this week we watched Back to the Future 3. Mm -hmm. 
So I've seen this a few times. Um, I saw it in theaters. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you first, Tyler. So and say what what did you think? And uh, I'd also like to know if it being set in the old west hurt or helped it for you. I mean, those are some that's a great questions because I'm gonna bring both of those up in this review. I liked this movie. Uh, so yeah. going in, you know, we talked about it when we watched the second one that the third one was probably the most um, the one that didn't get received the best out of the three of them. Mm-hmm. I being being in 2021, I think that helped it to me because I'm not uh, haven't been burnt out on westerns or anything like that. I felt like to me that's what hurt it, and my wife uh, she watched it with me this weekend and she goes that was actually better than i remembered it being and i don't know if it was because we're haven't had any good western movies in a while and in 1990 i mean we were oversaturated with westerns i felt like back then same way we are with superhero content now and but i really enjoyed it i I liked it we got a we got a closing for the mcfly family and um the brown family i i when the it's spoilers galore, but I mean, this is a what 20 a 31 year old movie now, yeah. But it with the ending with the the DeLorean getting absolutely destroyed by a train, I was like, okay, so I mean, he's gonna live. I, I thought he was gonna have the hoverboard, you know, like sent to him in the future or something because he left the hoverboard again. We have no closure on the hoverboard, that's my main concern of this whole movie. <laughs> How you could take away his favorite thing from the future and not ever bring him back. Anyways, uh, you know, in Brown got a family now. Uh, I thought the the steam train time machine is absolutely awesome and looked great even for the CGI then. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, you had your your classic uh, your your Biff and uh, Marty McFly issues that you've had. You know, one, two, and now three. I I really did enjoy it. I liked the, the character of Claire Clayton, played by the phenomenal uh, Mary Steenburgen. And I just, I thought it was great. The only weird thing to me was uh, Seamus and his wife looking like Marty and Marty's mom. Which Marty I could get by is playing Seamus McFly. But the his the, the wife to Seamus McFly looking just like his mother doesn't pan out too well to me. That's not how wow. genetics work, but I, I thought it was great. And and the in fact we talked about on uh, when we reviewed the first one that these three movies were filmed back to back to back, like they were filmed the whole time is is great. And you can't even tell. I I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I'm giving this one a B plus for me. Uh, and I even told Jamie, my wife, I said I enjoyed this one uh, more than the second one. To be honest with you. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I just I, the closure felt great. The, uh, the story panned out from start to finish, and uh, the little um, Easter egg and nuances, like he said, the valley was um, named after the Clara Claire Clayton Valley because she died in a horse accident, fell in the ravine, and then they come back, and then the the ravine is called uh, Clint Eastwood Ravine. I just thought that was great. <laughs> I just I love stuff like that, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this was always a fun movie to watch. Um, Clint Eastwood, because when Marty goes back in time, he needs a name, and he <laughs> calls himself 
Clint Eastwood. <laughs> they actually called Clint Eastwood up when they were getting when they were writing the movie, and they said, "Hey, would you mind if we use your name?" And he said, "No, I don't mind." And apparently, you know, people that knew him said that he was he was kind of you know tickled about the the homage there, the with it being set in the West and yeah. everything. That's um, awesome. They even had um, I'm trying to think of the scene. Um, the oh, it, it was the scene with the uh, where he protects himself from being shot by putting the the, little the, stove, metal, the yeah. stove door in there. That was taken from one of Clint Eastwood's uh, spaghetti westerns. That's actually hilarious. Where he he did the same thing, but uh, there was a <laughs> there was a little bit of. Uh, danger on the set oh no uh, i looked up a couple of trivia bits because i thought i remembered hearing this when they're hanging marty mm-hmm. um he accidentally really got hanged yeah, and see, went that was very dangerous yeah, that that yeah. whole scene i was like i don't like this this is very <laughs> this doesn't set well <laughs> yeah. because that's what they really did I was like, I know, Jamie. I know it's what they did in the West, but this is very dark real fast because that was towards yeah. the beginning of the movie. Uh, now, they did actually approach Chris, uh, Crispin Glover about playing Seamus. Really? Uh, yeah, but I guess he didn't want to come back, so that's why Michael J. Fox took that part. Um, but it it's just... It's such a fun movie. It's it The whole series is fun. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and I've always liked westerns, so I'm that boosts this for me. I'll probably come in on this one at about a B. Yeah, uh, it, it's not, it's not as good as the first one. No, I don't think any of them um, be as good as the first one. No, but uh, it's, it's not too far behind the second one for me. It's, it's like right there. There was one little note. When I was looking at trivia, it's kind of a cool thing. So he uses a the Frisbee's pie plate mm-hmm. to knock the gun out of Tannen's hand, right? Uh, the Frisbee Pie Company actually existed. Really? And back in the day when they were selling pies, you know, they would come in those sorts of pans. So this game developed on the Yale campus where the students, they, when they finished the pies, they would throw the Frisbee pans. And that's where Frisbees came from. No kidding. Yeah. That ain't that's that how... something. I thought that was fun. Yeah. And the whole uh, the Colt gun being there and yeah. Marty just being an absolute uh, unit, shooting the hearts and everything. I just mm-hmm. thought, I thought it was fun. And the and I'm often and I'm curious what your takes on this are. Do you think there'll ever be a remake or a reboot of the Back to the Future series? It's going to be so hard to do because uh, I think the first thing they would have to do, I think you would have to have Michael J. Fox's blessing. Mm-hmm. As, as weird as that probably sounds to some people, I think he would have to be involved in some way. Um, maybe playing... I don't know that it would be a reboot, but maybe a continuation. Like, he becomes the mentor for someone who has discovered this time travel capability, found it in their time, and now he's he's kind of, hey, kid, let me, let me, yeah. let me guide you. Um, but 
I don't know that there's, I mean, I'm sure there is, but there's not a young actor that comes to mind that has that same personality mm-hmm. that he that he brought to the role. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you, can you make a movie like that today where it's, it's just fun. I don't, I don't know if you could, and that's my problem with it is I don't know if you can make a movie with that much charm and love. And just that is that iconic for that. Cause that, to me, that's one of those series now watching, you know, from the, the first one to the last one. Now, I think it's one of those the movie trilogies that you just don't touch because yeah. it, you don't want to, I don't think you can bring that magic back to life. Like it was back then in the eighties and nineties. So that I don't, I mean, I would watch it, but I just, I hope that they don't just because I feel like it's one of those pieces that you don't try and mess with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, a movie from the same era. Would you try and remake the breakfast club? Mm, no one Probably has. not. No, it's just something about those movies that, have that much charm and i've never seen a breakfast club but it's just something you never what? bring <laughs> i don't think you can reboot or remake any of those movies no i think it'd be very very difficult yeah. uh you know they've tried to continue stuff like indiana jones and yeah we've got a new movie that coming out i mean look how it's been treated yeah crystal Star skull Wars. crystal skull was not well received no. and you know, that original trilogy, there was just something special about it. Mm-hmm. The same way with Star Wars. It's We've had two different continuations, I guess you could say, and it's neither one have been well-received as the first one says. Right. So, or episode four, five, and six, however you take it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were the first, so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, so next week, Without remorse. Now, this is the Tom Clancy. Yes, with Michael B. Jordan. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so you guys that's... voted for it. I was okay with either of the three that were on there because, I mean, all three are great. So we'll see. I'm excited Without about this one, remorse. though, because this just came yeah. out uh, this past Friday. It's <sighs> going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Clancy. So I've got a little soft spot for that one. Something other than a Jack Ryan movie. Right. Hey, Jack Ryan's great, okay? I can't wait for season three. I'm bit. not saying this, <laughs> but they've dragged that character out for decades because Harrison Ford played him first in the uh, couple of the Jack Ryan movies. Yeah. All right, on to the news. On to the movie. There's not as much movie news this week. Uh, we last, the bulk of it. last week was a lot last of movie week, news. Reading a phone book. So first up, we have um, from Deadline, from Anthony D'Alessandro. I think I got it right. Yeah, this you week. nailed that one. That was good. I, sp- I spent all week practicing that <laughs> from the mirror and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jama Mays joining Disney Plus's Enchanted sequel, Disenchanted. Uh, that's really the whole thing. Sorry, folks. I mean, that's that's it. Let me no. <laughs> um, it does star Amy Adams, Adina Menzel, and James Marsden. So there is that. Now they're. Uh, it's obviously following up the live action tw- 2007 film, Enchanted, 
which uh, I don't think I ever watched that. Uh, I don't think I ever did either. I know my I daughter mean, did, but I never did. One of those things that I never... Not your cup of tea. Look, no. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, I do find it um, a little appealing to check this out. Jayma Mays was in Heroes. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be interested to see. I really like Yvette Nicole Brown, and I've liked her ever since Community. But I love Maya Rudolph because, one, she was hilarious on SNL. Uh, right. And two, from her characters in Grown Ups. And obviously all of the Adam Sandler titles at this point. But oh. Yeah, she's... Uh, of course, she had a... Uh, it wasn't a huge part, but it was a fairly substantial part in Hubie Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, a Halloween uh, classic, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> Should always be on your Halloween movie yep. watch list. <laughs> in the middle of a bunch of serious horror movies, so right. you kind of break it up a little bit. Get a breather. Gotta have some fun. Yeah. So next, from People, actually this is from Yahoo Movies, but it has People at the top of it. They stole it. Um, writer Ali Russian, Al Russian. I don't. <laughs> Depends on part of the country you're from. I don't know this person. Um, it says Michael B. Jordan responds to Superman casting rumors with "I'm flattered." Um, he might not be suiting up as Superman, but he's flattered. People thought he was up for the job. Damn, Jordan who next stars in Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Hey, watch it this week. Yeah. Spoke to several outlets about rumors he'd be taking on the role of the most famous superhero in an upcoming DC movie, but it seems like the actor's loosely shutting it down, instead praising Warner Brothers for signing writer Ta-Nehisi Coates to pen the screenplay. Smart of DC to grab Ta-Nehisi to go ahead and adapt that project, Jordan 34 told The Hollywood Reporter. He's incredibly talented, it's going to be worth checking out. I'm flattered people have me in that conversation. It's definitely a compliment, but I'm just watching on this one. Come on. Uh, Hollywood Reporter has reported the movie will likely focus on a black Superman. Um, and Jordan himself tried to start developing that back in 2019 when he first signed a production deal with Warner Brothers. So it's kind of odd that he was pushing for that. That 2019 is just two years ago. Right. And now they're they're doing it, but he's not involved. And that's kind of weird. So I wonder if this is one of those smoke screens where it's like... Trying to keep it under uh, wraps until it's yeah. blown up big. Yeah. yeah. I want that. Man, I love Michael B. Jordan. I mean, he, he played phenomenally in Black Panther. I want him back as Killmonger in Black Panther 2 or, or any entity. Because I mean, he's not dead. I just I I really enjoy Michael B. Jordan. I can't wait to watch this movie coming up this week, and I think he, honestly I think he would be a great black Superman. But if he's got someone well, else in mind, then wonderful. It does bring it. It does bring up the question too, though. We'll take a slight detour from the news. I mean, who do you cast for that role? Uh, Idris Elba. Off the top of my head, I feel like he would he'd be great. Um, if not Michael B. Jordan, um, yeah. I mean Chadwick Boseman. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But I don't think I don't think anybody you've already cast in a big MCU role 
Uh, Idris Elba, of course, was in the Thor movies, but he's he's dead now as well. Spoilers, but I don't know. I, I really like Idris Elba and the what was it? Uh, the Fast and Furious movie, uh, Shobbs and Hall. Wait, Hob and Shaw. Excuse me. Uh, he played essentially a, a black Superman. So, well, I mean, he even what, says it in the in the movie. What do you think? Are we fighting black Superman? So. Let me ask you this: What about? I mean, he's technically already in the universe, but with DC, you just never know what they consider canon anymore. What about Chris Williams? Oh, I think he would do a really good job too. And he's got the—I mean, again, you can't really say he's got the build because everyone can have the build when it comes right. to any of these superhero titles. Man, that'd be a good one too. Oh. I don't know. I love I love speculating <laughs> like this because there's just yeah. so many people that come to mind, and I don't know. I mean, maybe he does get cast as Black Superman. You know how they do? They don't care. What about What about Sam Jackson? Stop it! All right, no, he's <laughs> you can't you can't take Nick Fury and put him in another role. Although it'd be great. I think I think uh, I think Sam. In no disrespect to Mr. Jackson, I do think he's a little uh, too old to be playing that character, though. I, I think though, if you wanted a. a no filter Superman. Yeah. Dialogue wise. You... <laughs> uh, Mr. Jackson, just say whatever you want to, whatever you think Superman would say, all yours. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next story. And I, I read this one, like as soon as it popped, I saw it come up on my timeline and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from insider. Olivia Singh has the byline on this. Anthony Mackie says he found out about the reported fourth Captain America movie from a cashier at a grocery store. <laughs> Just... so, he says, he says, I literally found out yesterday in a grocery store, Mackie told Entertainment Weekly, the checkout guy named Dwayne, a cool cat. He's like, yo, man, is this real? I'm like, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> he said, that's what I love about working for Marvel. They call you, they're like, hey, come to L.A., we want to tell you what's going on. So I'm excited to see what happens, but I haven't heard anything. So do you think uh, that, that means that they are indeed doing Captain America 4, or do you think someone slipped up, or what do you think? Here's what I, I – Marvel's so good at this stuff that I think they are doing it. Um. I think they're absolutely doing it, but they just haven't called Mackie back yet. <laughs> well, I I think that they leaked it, mm. and everybody involved now is going to say, "Well, I haven't heard anything yet." Yeah, but it's it's not going to kill the buzz. So then people are going to speculate and talk about it, and then boom, they're going to announce a director or a, a writer attached to it, mm -hmm. and then boom, they're going to announce, "Yeah, Anthony Mackie's going to play." Captain America. It's it's crazy to me, and seeing like uh, Anthony Mackie's response to uh, like his own son, and uh, you know other other kids talking about him being Captain America. It, it's fun to watch. Like he made a whole video, and they've actually got um, the making of Falcon and Winter Soldier that I still need to watch on uh, Disney Plus because I want to see the behind the scenes and stuff like that. Because a lot of that yeah. movie got cut because of the pandemic, but. Yeah. But he, him talking about like his son, like he, he said his son it didn't hit him until like a, a week later. He said he came home from school and started breaking down, crying. He said, you know, my dad's Captain America, 
and just I mean I'm sure for a kid that's everything you know right so but he's going to school and his friends are like dude that's so cool your dad's Captain America right and meanwhile he's at a grocery store getting the news broken to him <laughs> just went in and buy some avocados and peanut butter right <laughs> I don't know what he shops for alright IndieWire from Zach Sharp. Chloe Zhao talks not edit not editing Eternals herself, working with Paul Thomas Anderson's editor. Um, let's see, we got to skip down here. She's in the final stretch of post production on the movie, adding just like sculpturing, you never want it to end. You just want to keep going until they tell you that you can't keep going anymore. So, yeah. I Jeez. thought the, the biggest thing that I thought about this story was that they're in post-production and we still don't have a trailer yet. I know we haven't, I mean, we just now got a trailer for Loki. Uh, Spider-Man should be in post-production soon, if it's not already in post-production. And Eternals, is, oh, excuse me, uh, Shang-Chi just had its trailer come out last week or two weeks ago. No, it was last right. week. And... That movie's been done for a while as well. I just don't know when we're going to get these. I'm sure we'll get it after Shang-Chi. We'll get the trailer for Eternals after that movie is out and about in the world. But I'm just... That's crazy that it's the final stretch and everything's done. I mean, she's essentially saying there's maybe a couple weeks left of post-production. And we're done. Just like uh, Suicide Squad. We're just going to be waiting in limbo for months. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, look at Black Widow. We're still waiting on it. Yeah. So... Not, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just, hey, there's no reason to put a trailer out when we have X amount of time to go before we're we We still have this. three titles to come out. We've got Loki, Black yeah. Widow, and Shang-Chi to come out before Eternals does. And then I think we're supposed to get Eternals this year still, and then Spider-Man in Christmas time. So, Yeah. So, <sighs> Unlike something it's... else we're about to talk about. Yeah. Um, Morbius. Uh, from Sony has been pushed back again to January 28th, 2022. Uh, obviously, the same people um, involved in delivering this to the public as are involved in delivering the next Halo game to the public. It just keeps <laughs> getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. This one, I don't understand why it got pushed back because we were slated for, I think, November. If if not a December for this. I think it was December. Yeah, and I just don't I don't understand why they keep pushing it back. Is it because the movie's around it or That's what I'm thinking cuz they they probably want it to have as little superhero competition as possible. Right. In December you've got Spider-Man. Yeah. I just want this movie. I really enjoyed the first Venom. And this is going to be the same. I mean, we've got Michael Keaton in this one and I know they're setting up the Sony-verse, multiverse, whatever you want to call it, but just give us this movie already, unless it's actually tied into Spider-Man. So, I mean, it, I mean, it could be, honestly, but come on now. Yeah, there could be a little crossover there. Um, I don't know if there will be, but... Right, who knows? It's uh, very... Uh, very iffy with some of these. I'll be glad once they actually start releasing and we kind of have a more solid 
roadmap for when we're going to get each thing. Right. Instead of pushback, pushback, pushback. I'm ready yeah. for us to get back to the the culture of everything's coming out when we say it's coming out. When right. announce it, rather. Uh, speaking of films coming out, there's nothing this week. So, hey. Well, well, it just gives you time to catch up on your backlog a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of backlog games, I want to jump right into our, our gaming section here because... Uh, so a couple months back, Chris, we had a discussion that I had completed AC Valhalla. Um, <laughs> results say that was a lie because Uh-oh. they had a patch come out last weekend before we recorded the show that fixed some of my bugs that were in my game that were making it where I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And it turns out I had a whole territory that, um, Apparently, I didn't get the, the content for because of the bugs. Oh. So the whole ending of the game, I guess the, the real ending ending, I didn't get. And I thought I already had it. So, But now I am officially 100% completed with the story besides the, uh, the Valhalla stuff in there. And then I've caught up a lot of my achievements. I think I've got four or five left to do. And then I'm done done with the game. But So did your opinion change with the additional story drop uh it it, it closed a lot of doors i f- forgot that were open okay uh, it the ending though because the it ties the two of the main storylines tie in together towards the end i mm-hmm. mean at the end and i don't know i need to read on some of the lore on why that happened or why X, Y, and Z didn't happen. Unless it's going to be brought up in the DLC next week. But it... I don't want to spoil anything until we talk about it with our uh, review and breakdown uh, after you beat it and everything. But there's, just some, there's still something open there for me because it, that didn't really get shut. But I know it. it's still a great game and I, I'm really excited for the DLC uh, comes out in two weeks now, May thirteenth, and but I'm trying to. I would like to 100% it before then, so I don't have any doors open anymore. So there's there's two things. Uh, one is, and and you don't have to give details obviously, but uh, with where I'm at, it's been a long time since I've had any interaction. Mm-hmm. Um with uh see now i've forgotten it's been so long i've forgotten his name the, with the, the brother sigurd sigurd mm-hmm. is that one of the storylines that eventually does get wrapped up yes that gets wrapped up and it depends on your choices the game so what might happen in my game might not be what happens in your game right because it, it does get yeah it does get wrapped up the second thing is I'll probably never 100% complete this game. Well, as long as you finish because, the, the storylines, you're you're good. Right, <laughs> right. But I'm saying, like, I'd, I'd like to platinum this thing, too. Yeah. The, uh, and now I forget what they're called. The bits where you, you become the current. Of the anomaly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can never figure those out. It's it's classic uh, puzzle jumping that Ubisoft has done in their games, like with uh, Prince of Persia. I'm old. I, I don't like them. Uh, those And then the Stone Cairns, those are my least favorite things about the whole game. I cannot tell you how many times I've almost thrown a controller through my screen for those Stone right. Cairns. Yesterday, I maybe spent 25 minutes on one. 
And luckily, it was my last one, and it just would not line up. And I was about to tweet out and say, like, whoever developed and put these in the game, you should be ashamed of yourselves because these are just ridiculously hard with no with no purpose for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am done with those missions. I've got, like, a couple more altars to, to do, and then I've got to 100% the Valhalla and Jotunheim. And then I'm yeah. done with, with all of that. And they've had like some, one of the trophies and achievements is catch every fish on the fishing line or like every type of fish. And I'm like, God, I just really don't want to do that. But Right. So, but no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited for the DLC because I want more in the storyline. Uh, it, it's one of those things that it's more of a, an RPG than it is an Assassin's Creed game, but it's been that way since Origins. Nah, since yeah. Odyssey. Origins has started it. Odyssey it delved deeper farther from it, and then Valhalla delved farther from it as well. It's They need to stop calling them Assassin's Creed games at this point. One that I didn't get a chance to play, I think I may have played like an hour of it or so. I can't remember. Back when it came out was Black Flag. Chris, please <laughs> buy that game. I will buy it for I you. I've got it. I've got it. Oh, that's my all-time favorite Assassin's Creed game. And Valhalla came close to to toppling it. If it would have had more Assassin's Creed things in it, it would have toppled it. But Black Flag is by far the best Assassin's Creed that they've ever made. Story-wise, gameplay-wise, lore-wise, all of it. I know you really like it, though, because you're just like, I'll buy it for you. <laughs> I will, no, I'll get on Amazon I, and send it to you. <laughs> I've got it. I just have to add it to my library, and I don't really have a lot of room right now. Yeah. Um, and then the other game I've played is New Pokemon Snap, which, of course, came out on Friday. It came, it's the sequel to Pokemon Snap from the in, uh, Nintendo 64 era. Back in the 90s, I think 94? No, it came out in 95, so I was three. and No, two. Two. And it's it's great. I mean, it's I don't think it's worth $60, but with Nintendo games, they don't really go below $50. Right. But um, that's the reason I got it and pre-ordered it and everything. It's fun. I enjoy it. I'm, I only played through four different levels on there. I don't know how much more I have left, but it's it's fun. Uh, I recommend it if you if you enjoy Pokemon and if you, especially if you enjoyed Pokemon Snap, uh, the back in the '90s, buy it. It's it's a fun game. Have you been playing anything else? Anything fun? Anything exciting? No, I've been uh, putting some time into the show. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I will say this: the uh, the servers have been better. Good. They. Uh, <laughs> They really, I don't think they're doing it over the weekend because they know a lot more people are playing, but I know they had a couple of days during the week, early morning, where they pulled them offline and, and really did some work. So uh, that's that's getting I just think they, they didn't fully anticipate the amount of traffic with, Especially with Xbox, Xbox. Yeah. And, and the cross-play, and I think a lot of that's just messing with things. So they're having to to get some things tidied up. Have you dabbled in it at all? I haven't played any more of it. Since the, that update with Assassin's Creed, they, you know, they said they 
they fixed it. I've I think I put another ten hours <laughs> into the game since that new patch, and it's got me loving the lore and stuff more. I just the the one thing about Assassin's Creed, you get your money's worth. Yes, right? absolutely. It's... Even if you play full price or however much you, it's you for sure get your money's worth. And some people say it's too long. I. It depends how into the story you are. Like if they, if uh, Horizon Forbidden West was this long, I, I, I want more. I just, I love that world too. And, but I enjoyed it. I, I did think it was a little too long. Now that I've officially beaten it, I don't think it was as long as I was originally thinking, especially since I didn't complete it all. All right. Um, One quick question before you get to the gaming news that I have for you, because there's a game that I'm not sure if I want to, if I want to, download it because it means I'm going to have to play it instead <laughs> of something else and keep adding to it. Are you going to play Returnal? So uh, Returnal, I'm not going to pay the $70 for. Right. It is a adventure roguelike game, which means you, you go through these biomes and once you die you start back over um, from the beginning of your, I think it's your ship is where you're playing from. And then you upgrade yourself and then go back out in there and try to make it further than you did the, the past time. I don't like games like that. The game apparently, I mean, the game looks great, but apparently right. it, it feels wonderful with the SSD and with the haptic triggers and then the control and the dual sense controller. Apparently it's like the first game that truly since Astrobot that uses all those features. Uh, I'll wait until maybe, it's about in the thirty dollar range for me, just because yeah. I, I know I'm not going to like it as much as I would other games. So I'm this is gonna be one I'm gonna hold off until until it's probably on sale uh, towards the end of the year, if not for yeah. free when PlayStation does their free games. Yeah, but I mean it, it, from everything I've seen, it's great. It's an absolutely phenomenal game. It's just someone, oh, it, it looks great, and they yeah. say like it rains in that game, like you can feel every single raindrop on the controller. And like your uh, the triggers do different things, and oh, I'm ready. Um, so you are gonna play Resident Evil though, right? Uh, no, no, I, I will not. <laughs> no, I will watch people play it. Uh, I will not be one of the ones playing it. So <laughs> I don't. I've, I've seen I've seen some of the playthroughs of the demos. It actually looks. Oh, it, looks it looks good. I mean, it, I mean, it comes out uh, this week on Friday. So yeah, just not not enough for me. <laughs> I played Res- okay. So I played Resident Evil four, five, and six. Uh, seven I played a little bit. Could been the seven started a new type of Resident Evil game, and they're obviously continuing it on with eight uh, Village. It's just, just not for me. I mean, I I, I, I can be scared, but uh, not, not horrified. So 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 in, until dawn is more your yes. Until dawn is fun, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, with everything that it entailed, but no, it's the uh, Resident Evil is a little, a little too far out there for me. So let's get into it. We talked about Returnal, which uses all the PS5's um, capacity and range, whatever you want to call it. So Jeff Keighley tweeted out this week: PlayStation facts from the company earnings meeting. This is our first news story here: 7.8 million PS5 sold. 47.6 million PlayStation Plus subscribers, 338 million games sold for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and 2020. 
$24.4 billion in gaming revenue in the past year. Global box office, Chris, for 2020, was $11.5 billion, with many theaters closed. <laughs> I mean, that's doubled what yeah. movies but of course you can't the pandemic more people are staying inside so video games obviously will, will bump and with movie theaters closed it's not that big of a bump i'm very curious to see what 2021 looks like this time next year uh for sales but 7.8 million playstation 5 sold and playstation did tweet out and say that that is more than the playstation 4 sold by months where we are now see i don't I don't understand how people are having such a hard time mm -hmm. getting their hands on these consoles. How are you selling that many? Uh, it just, just makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's. I'm very curious to see, though, because we're still having the issue where they can't get the part in. Xbox is the same way. It's why they're so limited. And even some of your phones and technology, is there's a certain chip that hasn't been being made in 2020, so they can't make production like where they want to. I mean, it's even affecting the automobiles and, I mean, other tech in the world. So I'm just ready for it to all get back to normal. I would have loved to had a – 2020 was supposed to be such a great year as far yeah. as gaming and TV and movies and everything. And unfortunately, everything got pulled and cut short, but such is life. But speaking of getting pulled and cut short, number two in our last gaming story here is Konami pulls out of E3. I'm going directly to Konami's Twitter account, and their statement says, Due to timing, we will not be ready to present at E3 this year. We want to reassure our fans that we are in deep development on a number of key projects, so please stay tuned for some updates in the coming months. While we are not participating this year, we have great respect for the ESA and know that 2021 will be a great success. We will continue to support the ESA and wish the best to all participants at this year's show. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I know that they were announced that they were going to be there. Um, wasn't really looking excited for anything. So, Well, I mean, like we talked about too, this, this could be a real situation for them or it could just be you know, we committed to it, but we see that we can kind of do our own thing mm -hmm. at a lot lot less expense and have full control over when it goes out, how it goes out. Let's just pull out of E3 and, and do that I think, later on. I wonder if what Nintendo will do for E3 this year. If I know that it's Nintendo, Xbox, obviously with Bethesda there too. And there's some other publishers. I'm curious to see if we see any more back out or if everyone stays on their trajectory. I mean, we've got one month from now. Yeah. Uh, one month and a week until E3, and I can't wait. I'm debating on uh, – because it won't be as formal like it was last uh, – the years past. I wonder if I, I think, have to take off work or not. I think a lot of them will stay committed this year. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see – more of them next year just not even go that route just do it on the right stage and now with uh it's it's kind of funny with g4 coming back you're gonna have another outlet that can broadcast virtually what you want to show you know most of these companies it's not that hard they'll just set up a twitch channel mm -hmm. or just put and, it in a youtube video yeah and put it out there 
but the ones that don't want to go that route can just say, hey, G4, we're going to have you show it. We'll do a partnership. Mm-hmm. And you broadcast our conference on your channel. And you get the content and, rights and everything. Yeah. Just shown here first. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the future. I just, this year is make or break, I feel like, for the ESA as we know it. Yeah. We're with Jeff Keeley, Summerfest, you know, we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the show before the show, but I mean, it's three months long, Summerfest is. I mean, mm-hmm. he did it last year and with new content every week, but there were only a certain shows within the Summerfest that were actually bangers. I mean, they actually brought anything to the table. Right. So, I mean, so why not do a, an E3 style thing like Xbox and everyone else is going to continue to do? PlayStation obviously didn't go 2019, they didn't do 2020, and. They're not doing 2021 as far as E3 is concerned. They've been doing their state of plays, which, great. I mean, they, they work for them. They've got their, their stuff set up. They say, hey, this is what we're showing. We like with this most recent one with Ratchet & Clank. They said, we've got 12 minutes of Ratchet & Clank, and we've got two ending games we're going to show, and that's it. So don't need your expectations high for anything crazy, but this is what we're doing. And I feel like a lot of people can, can – Xbox for sure can take a hint from that and for expectations, but – I feel like the show for Xbox's E3 is going to be huge and blown out of the water. It, I, we're going to see a lot of Halo because we have to. We have not seen anything new since last year of Halo, and especially with them delaying it to the end of the, for holidays of this year. They're going to have some huge content. Uh, we're going to see some Bethesda stuff, whether we see Starfield coming out this year or we see Elder Scrolls, any, any one of those. A Starfield is the one that's most likely to come out. We have not even seen a CGI trailer for it yet, so we might get that and may get that next year. People are saying that's probably coming out the end of this year. I doubt it. I don't expect to see any big games coming out this year, like even Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok. Both of those are supposed to come out this year in 2021. Do not see that happening whatsoever. I really don't. I'd put, I'd honestly put a lot of money on neither one of them coming out this year. Right. Um, for Forbidden West, maybe. Like that's the maybe. Thor Ragnarok. There. I mean, not Thor Ragnarok. Uh, God of War Ragnarok. There's no way we see that come out this year. There is not no, a chance. I in wish hell. we would. Right. But there, there's no way. And especially with we're being we're in May now, the first part of May, and we don't yeah. have Forbidden West, which we know comes before God of War. There's. Yeah. I mean, Sony doesn't have a big game coming out at the end of this year. We've got uh, Ratchet and Clank coming out in June, but we don't have anything else for and, holidays. And I do want to say, too, like you, you mentioned the state of play, the one that they just had. That Ratchet and Clank looks really, oh, really good. Cool. And it's, it's going to be the phenomenal. first game. I mean, Returnal, too, but it's going to be like one of the first ones from Sony that everything was for PlayStation 5. Yeah, but but yeah, we talked about before the show the state that state of play was phenomenal. Like the the rifting between it, we finally got the wombat's name Rivet, uh, which is a great name. Like everything looked great, and people were even breaking it down with as far as the ray tracing. You can see the reflection of whatever um, Ratchet is seeing in his eyeball. So like I just I just because like the photo mode the accessibility they brought all the accessibility options into it. Like uh-huh. that looks like from The Last of Us, which every game should have in it because no everyone should be able to play a video game no matter what's going on. But right, and I'm so glad that they're doing it. And the way that they showed it off, I felt like it was really well done. Like they did a like a 30 second clip of everything you can do, like accessibility wise. And I was like, yes, that's what you need to do. 
Um, and they said you didn't need to play the other games, the old Ratchet and Clanks, to know what's going on in this one. So I thought that was exciting. I saw the um, Alana Pierce's reaction to it. She put that up. Oh, was she excited about it? Yeah, and but that that was one thing that she brought up. She said everyone needs to be doing this because mm-hmm. it's it's really not fair to people who have accessibility issues to have to buy a game and then find out, oh, I can't play this. Mm-hmm. You should first off, there's no reason to make a game in this day and age that's not accessible to everybody. Right. But if you're going to have roadblocks, you need to advertise those in advance so yeah. people don't waste their money. I mean, it's, I think like The Last of Us 2 is one of the bigger games that's done it. And, of course, Delana Pierce working for Santa Monica Studio on the God of War Ragnarok. She's mm-hmm. going, I mean, that game's going to have the same accessibility features. There's no way it doesn't because she is such an advocate for it. And Corny Balrog, the uh, creative director, he's, he's not dumb either. He knows what he's doing. And they'll, right. have, they'll have all that in there because I, mean, I, ha- I really do feel like Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, sat down and told everybody, they said, you, you're going to have to have these. And all of our first party games, you're going to have to have accessibility options. I really feel like that was a, a discussion and conversation that's been had because, um, I mean, Last of Us did it great. And now it looks like Ratchet and Clank's going to do it great. So I'm curious to see uh, if Guerrilla Studios does it with Forbidden uh, Horizon Forbidden West and um and Santa Monica Studio with God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> but the Chris, that's it as far as our news. Uh we said earlier, uh May 7th, Resident Evil 8 Village comes out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. Um I can't wait till that that list just goes to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X. Because <laughs> that's a mouthful. <laughs> mm-hmm. But guys, make sure you are staying tuned to our Twitter accounts, uh, MavTN7 for Chris, Ty underscore Haynes for me, and Nerd underscore Wine for the NerdWine account. We put polls up there often to get your input on what we should do in the show, like the show and tell we're going to be doing next week, as well as all of our movie picks that we do for every week. Of course, thank you all for listening and watching. If you watch on YouTube.com, make sure you are subscribed to us with the bell on if you like us enough. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. If you don't like it, let us know down in the comments what you did not like about the video. And even if you did like us, let us know what you like and what you don't like so we can improve because we can't improve if we don't know. Uh, Same thing if you're an audio podcast listener. Make sure you're in the comments as well. Make sure you're reviewing us and rating us on whatever platform you're listening to because that helps us get um, our voices and faces onto more platforms as well. Uh, Don't forget to share and uh, to all your friends and family if you do like the show as well. But that's it. That has been Nerdwide Podcast episode 24. Next week, we're going to be back in with our movie review of Without Remorse. I hope we get a bunch of uh, fun new news stories to bring to your ears and faces. But until then, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And we cannot wait to see you next week. Everyone have a great week and stay safe. Later, guys.